<laughs> Bring those stage lights up for me, and you can be seated. Somebody said, man, that doesn't sound anything like any funeral I've ever been to. Well, it's not any kind of funeral. Whew. Touch that person next to you and tell them to say, there is nothing that our God can't do. You may not have ever said anything. You might not even know the God that I'm saying. But, you, but when I just, the words that I just put in your mouth, what you just said was powerful. There is not anything that our God can't do. Amen. Welcome, family and friends, to an incredible celebration service. Whatever you had in your mind that you thought it would be, it's not that. Because I believe that everything that we have in our minds that we think heaven's going to be like, I think it's not going to be that. Because the word of God says that his mind and his thoughts are much higher and greater. We limit. We limit. I know I'm not supposed to be preaching. I'm just flowing, if that's okay. There's absolutely nothing that our God can't do. He may not do it the way I think he needs to, and that's okay. I don't always understand what he's doing, but I'm here to tell you today that I trust his heart towards me. And maybe you should say that same thing over your life and your family and circumstances that you're dealing with even in your own life. Because every one of us in this room are dealing with something. I may not understand, but I trust his heart. On behalf of our family, we want to thank you for being here to honor our dad. If you're like us, you're still trying to wrap your minds around the fact that we are here today. But we're humbled and honored that you would take time away from your weekend and time away from your family to be with ours. Over the next few moments, our time together is going to be a celebration because that's what dad would want. Not a day of sorrow, not a day of sadness. Dad spent the majority of his life encouraging others and building up those around him. You are part of those. That's why you're here. Because see, in 1988-89, when our family moved here, Chiefland is a very tight-knit community. And it's hard to get into something that's already solid. And I told somebody the other day on the phone as we were talking about this, I said, I don't think dad really understood the impact that his life had on students. But yet he poured his life out every day, regardless if he saw the results, but he's seeing them today because you're here. Dad spent the majority of his life encouraging others and building others up. And we've said in our hearts as a family that our time of reflection today should be no different. You should, you should leave this place feeling better than you came. You should leave this place completely mind blown. How in the world can a family celebrate two losses? Jesus. Because I remember standing as we left Franklin to come back home. And I stood outside Mimi's apartment. And I told dad, I said... I don't know how you just did that funeral. And he said it was God. 
So maybe that's a takeaway for all of us. You like to know, you, you remember dad using the word nuggets. Maybe that's your nugget today. Maybe if we would just start letting God have our circumstance and our situation instead of us trying to work it on our own, it's God anyway. Because how many knows we mess stuff up? So now if you knew dad, you knew that the number of people gathered in this room just for him would definitely make him feel restless and uncomfortable. And the church said, yeah. But today is a day that we get to celebrate and honor the life and the legacy of one of the greatest One of the greatest men I ever known. I've ever known. He was dedicated. He was determined. He was passionate. He cared big. And he loved hard. Doesn't matter the color of your skin. Doesn't matter what side of town you lived on. He cared big and loved hard. For some of you, he was Coach Weber. For others, he was Pastor Dennis or perhaps Mr. Weber or as our girls referred to him as Papa D. Maybe you gave him the title or you understand the title of brother or cousin. Some of you here this, this afternoon have perhaps even gave him the label of encourager or motivational speaker. Just by show of hands, how many received a text message every day from Dad? <laughs> of a Bible verse, encouragement. Somebody said, well, I didn't get that text. That's because it's time for you to start texting someone. Let God use you instead of letting the enemy tell you, well, I didn't get one. That's because it's time for us to buck up. Somebody said, you sure are hard. It's in my DNA. And I've tried so hard on Sundays to be reserved, and, but it's in my DNA. I want to care big and love hard. So the other night, me, Josh, and Brittany went into the, one of the bedrooms there in our parents' home. And, and by the way, I'm not going to be here speaking the whole time. We've got some incredible people that are going to share. But we, we gathered in one of the bedrooms and we just began talking about what we wanted this day to look like. And we said that we wanted to use this block of time to honor both of our parents. As most of you know, we lost our mom just a little over three weeks ago. And as we sat and watched dad officiate the funeral with unbelievable strength, I thought to myself, there's absolutely, positively no way I could do that. And now less than four weeks later, I'm standing here before you. Let me give you just a little bit of background in case you didn't know. Dennis Wayne Weber, 66 of Chiefland, Florida, died unexpectedly at his home on Tuesday, October the 20th. He was a native of Columbus, Ohio, and I'll take the liberty right here to say, Go Bucks! O-H! So I knew there was some in the room. Let's just try that again. O-H! There you go. O-H-I-O, for those who didn't know, that is Ohio. He was the son of the late Wayne and Marjorie Weber, in addition to his parents, he was also preceded in death by his wife of 35 years. Can we just stop right there and just put our hands together? Because we live in a society where they can't make it past one.
Somebody say, well, that was hard. No, I'm a do-over boy too. I know I'm, 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 I'm all, I under, it's called the grace of God. Amen. And I think everybody in here has experienced it, whether you believe that or not. Amen? He was preceded in death by his wife of 35 years, Robin McKay Weber, who passed away on September 25th, 2020. Also a sister, Marsha Woodward, and brother, Stephen Weber, as well as paternal and maternal grandparents. Dennis relocated to Chiefland, Florida in 1988, where he and his wife faithfully served together for over 30 years here in Levy County. Dennis served many years as the lead and founding pastor of Forward Church. In addition, he was a well-respected coach, mentor, teacher, and education administrator and will be sorely missed by all who knew and loved him. Prior to moving to Florida, Dennis was the youth pastor at First Assembly of God in Franklin, North Carolina for many years. Dennis is survived by his three children, son Bradley, his wife Amy of Chiefland, daughter Brittany Nicole, and son Joshua Kenneth. Both of Gainesville. Grandchildren, Taryn Giverns, Caitlin Weber, and fiance, Tyler Harmon. Granddaughter, Ansley Grace Weber. And great-grandson, Tegan Keith. His brother, Jared Weber of Pittsburgh or Butler, Pennsylvania. Sister, Linda Penner, and her husband, Jim Penner of Abbotsford, British Columbia. And also surviving are numerous nieces and nephews. If you knew dad... You knew that he was very private, and the church said, <laughs> I thought y'all were going to draw that out a little bit. And he didn't put his business out on the street, and he didn't put it on Facebook. There's another nugget for you right there. As a matter of fact, he lived by the motto that he got from his father, our papa, and some of you have probably heard these words, walk quietly and stay the course. Nugget number three. Today you're going to hear from three great men who walked with dad through a number of seasons of his life. And I know they will share some stories with us as a reminder of who Dennis Weber truly was. In just a moment you'll hear from Adam Gore, who dad taught, taught coached, and most recently began working uh, with closely as dad began transitioning his job responsibilities at the district office to Adam as, he, as dad was preparing and closing in on a retirement just one month from now. How many knows he reached retirement? And the location is far more greater than he could have ever planned or put in a spreadsheet. Amen. Maybe if we start living towards the end goal, which is heaven, but first we got to start living like we know where we're going. And then maybe instead of, doing, instead of worrying about going to the beach and all of these other things, because how many knows things like COVID come in and then they just blow all your plans away. But how many knows when God sets a stamp on a date of a time of what is supposed to happen in our lives, there is absolutely nothing that can take that away from us. Amen? Amen. In addition, I'm getting wound up and I'm supposed to be coming down, the, down here. So in addition, you'll also hear from his very close friend, Mr. Jeff Davis. Motivational speaker, mentor, and friend, Almond Gunner. These three gentlemen will be coming in just a moment. But Brittany asked if we would do a song, or could a song be played? And I was like, it just so happens that's one that we do, and we, we made the change. So um, I'm going to ask Ansley Grace, my daughter, and Cole to come up. And as they're doing, let's just, let's just go to the Lord in prayer. Can we do that? 
Father, we thank you for this incredible day. Father, we feel your presence in this room right now. And I thank you that it is your presence that makes the difference. It's your presence that is allowing me to stand up here. And God, it is going to be your presence that we take out of here. And God, I'm just believing in the name of Jesus that the presence of God is going to fill our homes, whether we recognize what's going on or not. But there's going to be a peace in the midst of chaos and confusion in every area of our lives. God, bring peace in Jesus' name. Father, for the next few moments as we honor Dad, we thank you for his life. We thank you for the legacy. And God, there is so much, so much that we can't put into a 45-minute block of time that he taught us. So God, may we pick up the legacy and carry. And God, in spite of what each one of us are going through, may we be able to stand and say, I don't understand But I trust his heart, and I believe that, God, you are still in control. Amen. Thank you. Good afternoon. Uh, My name's Adam Gore. Um, uh, When Bradley, we do a thing on, um, we do a thing on Thursday nights with the football team. And I was asked last week if I would come on Thursday afternoons after football practice and speak to the football team. Okay. I spoke to Dennis, obviously, about that, working uh, with him like I was. And he was, he was typing some truancy stuff on the computer. And he whipped his head around when I told him, and he said, Coach, you better bring it. And so, when Bradley reached out to me and asked me would I speak, I heard, Coach, you better bring it. I pray that the words that come out of my mouth glorifies God and honors Dennis. Our, our roads come across each other several times, like Bradley mentioned. Um, the very first time I was in high school, it was uh, mid-early 90s. Uh, our basketball coach was this short guy with no hair. Okay? And so we had our doubts to begin with. But then we got on the court and in the locker room. And to play, friend, there's a lot of basketball players here today, and I've seen you guys, okay? To get on the court for Dennis Weber, you had to have three things. You had to have effort, you had to have toughness, and you had to have physicality to get on the court for Dennis Weber. I had to learn the hard way. I didn't start playing until about halfway through the season, okay? But to get on the court, that's what you had to have. To see the man, to see the heart, to see the drive. If you've ever seen one of his basketball uh, teams play, you would know what I mean. And and I hope we all have stories, basketball players, we all have stories. And I used to give him a hard time. And I would say, later on, I would say, Coach, you can't be physical in basketball. Woo, look out now. That would fire him up in a hurry. But he always 
when he coached us, he always gave us uh, motivational speeches, always encouraged us, always believed in us, always pushed us to be better. Later on in life, I came back and I worked. I, I was a teacher at Chiefland Middle High School. And uh, our paths crossed again. And uh, Dennis was, uh, I, got to see, I got to see Dennis. Okay, I got to see Dennis at that point. And the cut up, and like he, he enjoyed the banter. He loved the, I, I always, I often tell people that I've been with Dennis through his relationship with Urban Meyer. And, and you Ohio State, when he, was, when he was at Utah, that's Ohio boy, Coach Gore. That's Ohio boy. Then he went to Florida. Man, I wouldn't let him coach anything of mine. <laughs> then he left Florida, went to Ohio State, and he's the best coach in the country. <laughs> okay, so, so, I've, so, so that's, the tr that's the truth, right? Okay, so... Uh, but I got to enjoy, and I'll give you a little bit of a uh, talk a little bit while we were co-workers... Um, I was, we all get in ruts in life, okay? And Dennis, one of his greatest gifts was to be able to read people, okay? To read people. He could look and read people. And I was having a hard time. I was teaching something I didn't want to be teaching. I was assistant coach on the football team at the time. We wasn't doing well. So one afternoon, I get a knock. It wasn't a knock on my door. The keys started rattling. And, uh... Dennis came on in. Okay, it was it was Coach Weber, and uh, he said, "Adam, I can see there's something on your mind. Do you mind if I pray with you?" No, sir. Please, you are a blessing. So we prayed, and that's the kind of relationship he had with his staff. He could read you. He could read you. He could tell what was going on in your life. And he would reach out and always encourage. Later on, uh, I became the, the head coach for the football team. As God would have it, my first year, guess who my principal was? <laughs> Dennis Weber. Such a blessing. We finished the year five and five. Didn't go how we wanted it to. Okay. Well, we finished it five and five, and the whole way, the whole season, he would find time to come to me, and every single time he saw me, he said, I believe in you. I believe in you. Stay the course. By the way, guess what the three characteristics to get on the football field for me was? Toughness, physicality, and effort. I didn't just pull that out of a book. I got that from Dennis Weber. But he always took the time to tell me he believed in me and I was doing a good job. Stay the course. Sit an encourager. As God would have it, a few months ago, I, I, I uh, applied for a position. I knew Dennis was going to retire at the end of November. We had talked about it in the past. And uh, just so happens I got uh, the job to replace 
didn't just so happen. God had a plan. That I got the position to replace uh, Dennis when he retired. Since July, we've been working together in an 8 by 12 office. So to say we've been close the last few months is an understatement. We've been close. He is such a private person. I know that. I got the opportunity. God put me in the place he put me to be with Dennis during his trials. There would be times that we would be going down the road during the situation where we'd be checking truancy in the district and he would get a phone call from one of his beautiful children and I would pull off go in the gas station a lot of times, hang out for 10, 15 minutes. I knew he was private. There'd be times that he would tell me, no, stay in the car. Stay. One particular afternoon we were driving, he told me to stay in the car. And, uh, of course, he was encouraging his family. I don't know who he was talking to. I know it was a family member. And he was encouraging the family member, and he got off the phone. And he hit his chest three times, and he looked at me and said, Coach, this is the game. This is what we prepare for. I pray, and I talk to God, and I read the Bible. That is my practice. This is the game. I'm thankful for the experience. I'm thankful for Dennis and what he's meant in my life. What a, a godly example. One of the discussions that we, we, we talked about uh, when I talked to him about speaking to the football team last Thursday night was legacy. And it's... it's uh, Funny, me and Bradley started talking about it yesterday when I, I swung by there. But if you played football for me, you've heard me say legacy over and over and over and over and over. That is so important. This is Dennis's legacy. You are Dennis's legacy. We are Dennis's legacy. If you want to glorify Dennis... I challenge you to do one thing every day. That's encourage one person. Every day, encourage one person. Because that's what he would want. Okay? Thank you very much. That's not funny, Adam. You might be my son-in-law, but hey, 
I need to use this, Bradley, if you don't care. If I walk and talk like Adam, I'll fall off this stage and everybody will have a real good laugh. And the first one laughing will be my wife, you hear. Okay, now I'm not real educated, but... What a day. What a day. What a week. We're going to have some fun first. <clears throat> first thing I want to do, thank you guys for letting me speak. You know that your dad and I knew each other for almost 30 years. Bless your hearts. The things y'all have heard over telephones, the things y'all have heard in person, the things you've heard in front, the things you've heard anywhere. The one thing I can say is most of the time, we kept it clean around you guys because y'all were younger, especially Josh and Britt. But I'm telling you, I, I'm... I'm humbled and I'm honored that you would let me do this today. You know, Dennis and I, we had a special relationship. You know, like Adam, our paths crossed quite a bit. You know, when I came here, I met Dennis in 1992 when I was the football coach here. And uh, it was not very good years, those two years, unlike Adam, who had quite a bit of success. But, you know, Dennis did me as well. He's, you know, keep going, keep driving, keep doing, you're going to be all right. And you just, you don't see that light at the end of the tunnel, but you knew that Dennis was going to be there behind you, pushing and encouraging you. And I can remember, and this just came to my mind, Adam had mentioned that the first year that Adam was the head coach, he had to, or I had asked him to let me keep stats. And, and he did. He got through that season and he got to the next season and got to the playoffs and he was playing up at uh, Madison County. And I remember sitting down there looking at Adam, I'm like, man, you know what? I know Weber pushed success on Adam. Why couldn't his behind give me some of those wins like Adam got? <laughs> but it didn't happen. I had two and two years. Crap, Adam had two and two weeks for several weeks. But it's all good. It's all good. I just, I, I, I want to take a few minutes. I have to write mine down. I'm not very smart. Give me some clues from Adam after we leave here. I want to take a few minutes and share. I know you know many sides of Dennis, and you probably know the things that when I get to these that I'm going to tell you. But I want to share with you five things that Dennis Weber loved. And you're going to know them all, and I'm going to put them in order, with fifth being the fifth and so forth and so on, with the first being the most important. But I want to start out, Dennis Weber loved, he didn't love Ohio State. He loved the Ohio State. There was a difference. Don't call Dennis and say, hey, who's Ohio State? Ohio State isn't playing today. The Ohio State is playing today. I'm like, geez, Weber. He said, yeah, that's right, geez. So many, 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 many 
Saturdays in the falls for the past 30 years, we would call one another Saturday morning, Saturday afternoon, whatever it might be, and we would begin with our fun. And when we would begin with our fun, it might be that one phone call, it may be all day long. Right, Josh? One or the other. There was either one or there was 100. But I can tell you, out of 15 football fall Saturdays, we talked 11 of them, at least once. Because somebody was going to talk trash to one another. And I would never do that to Dennis. So anyhow, I call him this one time. Dennis picks up the phone. Hey, Davis. And I started humming the Michigan fight song. Guess what Dennis did? Hung up. And I looked at Margie. I'm like, geez, my friend hung up on me. She said, well, what'd you do? I said, I hung the Michigan fight, hummed the Michigan fight song to him. Well, I would have had to. Well, those of you that don't know me, I'm persistent. So what did I do? I called him right back. And the phone rang, and it rang, and it rang. That dog wouldn't answer my call. Now, I will tell you there has been once and twice in our friendship that I have left my house, got in my truck, drove to his house, went to his door, and hummed the Michigan Fight song. I promise you. And I don't mean to go long, but folks, I got a lot I want to say. So anyhow, I, I get a call one day, 10, 12, 14 years ago. He said, Davis, what is it, Weber? You know Jesus is a Buckeye. <laughs> and I'm sitting there and I'm shaking my head. Now, I, I want you to understand something as I get further into this. Uh, sitting next to me is my wife, Margie. Now, she can't hear what Dennis is saying, but she hears every word I say. But anyhow, she's sitting right there. So anyhow, Dennis, Jesus is a Buckeye, Davis. I said, Weber, you have lost your flipping mind, son. He said, Davis, you're from the South. You're a little slow. <laughs> so I'm going to talk slow so you can understand me. Okay, Weber, go ahead. And I would call him a... Nice name, Yankee. He said, you know, do you want to know why Jesus is a Buckeye? I said, you know, D-Webb, you're going to tell me whether I want to know or not. He said, yep. He said, you know what? Jesus is a Buckeye because he bleeds scarlet. And he said, now I know that you don't know that scarlet is in the palette of red. Well, my first comment to Dennis is, I didn't know you knew such a word as palate. <laughs> well, that didn't stop him. He said, Davis, let me tell you something. Jesus bleeds scarlet, and man, that shade of red, it is so beautiful. He says, why don't you come on over to the side of the Buckeyes? I said, Weber, that'll never happen. And I said, Dennis, you know, one day we're going to be in heaven together. And I said, do you remember the colors of Georgia Tech? No, I don't want to know. I said, well, let me just remind you, they're white and gold. 
And I said, one day, we're going to walk along those streets of gold for the rest of our life, brother. <laughs> Click. <laughs> Done. I did not get a phone call back that day. <laughs> Automatic. Gone. The next time he saw me, I'm not walking on those golden streets. I said, brother, you're not going to have a choice. That's where we're going to be. I said, I know I am. What about you? Oh, that didn't go too good. And so then I told him, I said, well, if you weren't a part-time pastor, oh, sweet Jesus, you think I just broke his heart. What did you call me? A part-time pastor? I said, well, Weber, you work in the schools and you part-time pastor. Click. Do you get the idea of what I'm saying? Most of our phone calls ended in a click. Because he, he wouldn't listen to me. He was stubborn. But one day, we were going at it hard. I mean, hard, as only my wife could witness, and the kids in the background. And I, I didn't hang up the phone. Crap, he hung up on me. He would never... He wouldn't, you know, on Saturdays, you know, Monday through Saturday, or Monday through Sunday through Friday, he'd hang up the phone and we'd, hey, goodbye, see you. Saturdays, click. Yeah, it was easy. But one Saturday, I hung up after we'd given Raz, and Margie is sitting over in her chair by me, and uh, she looks at me and she said, Jeff, she said, do you realize how mean you're being to Dennis? I said, What? How mean. She said, do you hear what you're saying to him? I said, Margie, I love you. But you can't hear what this guy's saying about Georgia Tech in my phone. She didn't crack a smile. She looked at me and says, I know. Dennis Weber would never talk to you that way. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Bull hunky. But that's how it was. That, that, that was me and Dennis. And it wasn't just in the falls. It was, it was other times of the year. But, man, we had fun. It was, you just didn't know what was going to happen when that phone rang. I knew what was going to happen. I was going to get my behind hung up on because I was going to make you mad. And so, Dennis, here I stand today. Oh, my, with this tie on for you and your family and these gray pants, the only thing I need is a Jim Trestle sweater vest, and I'm good. <laughs> That's all I need. I'm good. That was the first one. I know it was long. I promise these next four won't be this long. I promise. Second, Dennis... As we all know, Dennis loved serving people. It didn't matter who you were. It didn't matter how big it was or how small it was. Dennis wanted to serve people. But not only that, Dennis was going to make sure that his family served people. And, you know, I think about that, and, and I think about the book of Joshua, the 24th chapter, the 15th verse. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourself this day whom you will serve. And the rest of it you know. But as for me and my house, 
We will serve the Lord. Folks, that was Dennis. That's the second thing he loved. He loved serving people. It didn't matter. It, it may be a Easter egg hunt at Strickland Park. It, it may be the Christmas parade, giving out bikes and teddy bears. And, and I know Bradley and Amy carry, and we'll carry that tradition on in our community. Dennis just wanted to serve. He didn't care who you were. You know what? His whole ministry started in Tom Hammond's living room, come to find out from Bradley. Just a handful of people. And look where we're at today. And look what he leaves for Bradley today to carry forward. And I know that Bradley and Amy will carry it forward with honor and with pride. And I know that a lot of people are going to find Jesus in this building one day. And that is what Dennis would have wanted. Dennis served because Dennis wanted to talk about Jesus. Even when we would have conversations other than football, it was always about Jesus. It was about serving. And I will tell you, I think I told Marge a couple of weeks ago or last week, whenever it was, maybe, I, I don't know. Dennis came to me, as you, as you know, he was fixing to retire. And we were having breakfast up at Bats two Saturdays ago. He said, Jeff, he says, I'm leaving Chiefland. Yeah, sure you are. You've been here since the late eight. You're not going. Yeah, Jeff, I'm leaving. I said, nah, come on, Dennis. You're not going anywhere. He said, I tell you what, he said, I'll stay. But I need one condition. I said, okay, let's hear it. This ought to be good. He said, I want to open a parochial school because he says, I know your heart's like mine and you want to serve and we're going to open up a private school. And I just looked at him. I'm like, Dennis, I'm retired. He said, he looked at me in the eye and he put his fork down. He said, You never retire from serving. And you don't. You don't. You never retire from serving. So I said, I'll tell you what, Dennis. Get to your retirement. Get everything done. He was working on his Ph.D. in the final phases of it. Get that done. Then I said, we'll sit down and talk. And I would have had. Even though would I have done it, I don't, you know, it's easy for me to sit here and tell you yesterday because of where we're at and why, but I'm not going to sit up here and be untruthful. I don't know if I would have done it or not, but I, I can tell you this. If there was one person that I would have done it with, it would have been Dennis Wayne Weber. That I can tell you. You know, when <clears throat> my stepson came and saw me Tuesday morning and, and told me what had happened, I was coming down the hall and come in the door hollering Papa or whatever and told me and we had, a, you know, talked a little bit. And he left and I immediately jumped in my truck and, and went to the kids. But the thing that entered my mind as I pulled out of my driveway that morning, you know, Dennis entered that kingdom of heaven on Tuesday morning, God bless him. But I think I also know this. Jesus was waiting on him. And I fully believe in my heart that Jesus' word to him was well done, 
good and faithful servant. Absolutely. One verse Dennis would always give me when we would go to Lakeland or go wherever we might be going and he was riding, Dennis was always cleaning my dashboard. I'm like, would you please stop? I don't know if he does that to y'all, but man, it drove, I mean, you drive two and a half hours to Lakeland, Florida, and he's up there. I'm like, wherever the dashboard's clean, son, leave it alone. <laughs> but anyhow, one, one of the verses that Dennis gave me, and one that was important to him, was out of the book of Proverbs, the 22nd chapter in the, in the 6th verse. This says, start your children off on the way they should go. And when they are old, they will not turn from it. Let me tell you the third thing about Dennis. Dennis loved y'all. You know, <clears throat> I'm sorry. As Adam said, Dennis didn't do anything halfway. He was all in, baby. He was all in. Crap, he loved my sorry behind. <laughs> and I'm nowhere near as precious to him as y'all are. But he loved y'all. He loved you immensely. The seven years Margie and I were gone from Chiefland, from, Cit from Levy County and Citrus County, we had conversations, and, and it was catching up with Brittany and with Josh and with Bradley and his grandchildren and all of the things that were going on. Dennis didn't know how to do anything halfway. He loved you wholly. He loved you... <laughs> with the very fiber of his being. I know that. Because he told me, and I know he told y'all. And especially you two, I was around a lot when y'all were growing up. Your dad, I don't know that I've ever heard a man tell his children more that he loved him, loved them than he did you two. All right, Brittany, I need you to go clean your room. And Brittany would roll her eyes like, yeah. But I love you, Brittany. Josh, would you please quit head bumping Mr. Jeff? But I love you, Joshua. You know, when he told you, it was, it was Joshua. It was Brittany. But he loved you completely. He loved you wholly. He loved you like none other than in this world. You know, y'all been, been struck with a tough blow. And I was fortunate that I got to go up with you to Franklin last month. And so after today and, and after we get through Tuesday, the hard part starts. Everybody's gone. Mimi's gone home. Aunt Need and Uncle Mike gone home. You're here. I'm telling you, I'm here for you. You call me, and I will call you. I promised your dad 
four days before he passed away. Don't know why he said it to me. I know why he said it to me now. It was God taking care of it. He said, man, you, when I'm gone from here, you make sure you look after my kids. I just, you know, you know me, I blew him off. But I told him I would. He was serious. He said, stop me. He looked me dead in the eye. You take care of my children. I said, you know what, Dennis? Your children are well taken care of. But I said, yeah, I will look after them. One thing that I would encourage you to do, and I can remember when God brought me into this family with Marge and Adam and Kelly, and Father's Days are tough, and uh, Charles's birthday is tough, and you know, coming up Monday is tough. He'll be gone, I think it's 20 years, 21, whatever, 25 years, whatever. But I remember one time I said it to Kelly. She probably don't even remember it, but I'm going to give you the same piece of advice. When that moment hits you, when it's tough, whether you're here, whether you're in Gainesville, no matter where you're at, take your hand and put it over your heart and feel that heartbeat. That's your mom and dad. They love you. I know I'm going long, Bradley. I'm sorry. Fourth. Oh, my goodness. How Dennis loved Robin. Oh, man. I know you know that. And I was fortunate enough. And my wife was fortunate enough. We, we saw a side of it. Dennis Weber loved Robin McKay Weber. Deeply and immensely. I mean deeply and immensely. You know, I tell you, there's in, in, in uh, Ephesians, I think it is, the 25th chapter, we're told, 25th chapter, or maybe it's the 25th verse. Which one is it, Bradley? I'm probably messed up. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up. You know what? I know for one, I could do a better job. I know I need to love my wife better, like Christ loved the church. And I think a lot of us in here would. You know what? Dennis did. Dennis did. If you want to know what love is, go to the Macon County Funeral Home page in Franklin, North Carolina, pull up Robin's service, and watch what Dennis Wayne Weber did that day. Amazing. I have never in my 58 years been a part of something that I was that day in Franklin, North Carolina. I encourage you to do that. Look it up. Watch it. You will see what love for a wife is and what it means and what Robin meant to Dennis. You know, tomorrow, as fate would have it, would have been their 36th wedding anniversary. Would have been their 36th. And we were sitting in the house, I forget if it was Tuesday or Wednesday, and all three of, you know, Bradley and Brittany and, and Josh were in there. And, and I think it was Mr. Bradley. He said, you know, Dad, Dad made it a point to tell me, and, and I may be, I'm, I know I'm getting halfway close, so I'm not completely lying yet. But Bradley made the comment, you know, Dad told me that his mom and I, or Robin and, and I, 
had never spent an anniversary apart. And the next sentence, Bradley said, and they're not going to this year either. Amen. Amen. And this is the last one. But you know it's the most important one. And it's the most that I learned from Dennis. What did Dennis love? Dennis Wayne Weber loved Jesus. Many times in our friendship, in the last 30 years, he would tell me, Jeff, you can't get to where you're going. You can't do what you need to do. You can't love your wife. You can't love your stepchildren. You can't love your mom and dad until your relationship and your love with Jesus is right in your heart. And you know what? He was right. He was right. And I've thought a lot about that this week, you know. Absolutely, Dennis. Because he was adamant on that. He, I mean, he was absolutely adamant. He said, Jeff, I love my wife. I love my kids, my grandkids, my great-grandbaby Tegan. But he said, you know what? i got to love Jesus first. Because that's what we're supposed to do. And he says, that's what I'm going to do. And that's what I encourage us to do. Dennis, you're my friend. We were accountability partners for over 20 years. We knew things about each other that a lot of other people didn't know. But Dennis was my brother. And I'm going to miss him. But I'll tell you this, Dennis, the memory and the impact that you had on this community and the people is going to endure forever. And you're going to be remembered for a long time. Dennis loved the Buckeyes. Dennis loved serving. Dennis loved his children. Dennis loved his wife. But most of all, Dennis loved Jesus. I love you, brother. Well, I know by looking at me, you guys can tell that Dennis and I were brothers, so I don't need to even get into that. Um, we sported the same hairdo. Uh, both were good looking, both pretty smart, so I don't have to even get into that. Um, here's the thing about my brother D.W. He was every day what most of us can't be one day a month. Wasn't no fluff in my man. I mean, he was, uh, <laughs> he was all go. He had one switch. You just flip it on, you let him go. I say, calm down, little buckeye, little pound puppy. You got the slow roll. But that's who he was. See, I say, you know, the true measure of a man isn't how they act towards people who can do something for them. It's how they act to people who have nothing. 
See, D-Dub served everybody. I mean, that's what's so crazy. We would walk into places and, and you know, we would go to these schools. And by the way, we, we rolled for about two decades together. You guys think you had it bad. Try being in a car with him for 200,000 miles. Because that's about how much we covered. We covered over probably a quarter, quarter of a million miles over 20 years. And we'd go into these schools, and we'd walk in, we'd start talking, and we'd say we were brothers. Well, it would confuse kids. They couldn't understand it. I said, how can you not see this? I mean, what are you missing? Look at him. He looks good. I look good. What we had was this incredible connection from day one. What we realized was that we were truly better together. See, I think that the world would be a better place, actually, if you approached it the way that DW did. And the way he approached it was, I'm going to treat everybody right, but I won't treat them the same. See, he treated people right. That's where we got to get to. Just treat people right. He did that 365, 24-7. No matter where you saw DW, he was the same person. Oh, he loved his Buckeyes. There's no doubt about it. But see, I go, man, I want to love a woman. I tell you, and I got my better half in here. If I can love her the way that he loved Robin, man, let me tell you something. The world would be a lot better place. Let me tell you something, man. I know DW. I know my brother. Oh, he can fight through a heart attack. I know he can. I know he could have. He didn't want to. He didn't want to. That's the kind of love we got to start putting out. See, that's what this thing is really all about. You know, it's kind of like I knew Josh before he was even born. Britt was about six. Bradley was a little bit up there, but from day one, they were my nieces and nephews. There was no ifs, ands, and buts about it. Josh would tell you, I dragged him up many a times. And D.W. respected that. He wanted that. See, because he wanted to build men and women. If you've ever seen him in a classroom, if you've ever seen him in the midst of kids, Oh, he's serious about that whole growing up thing. He's real serious about being a man, being a woman. He's real serious about that. He don't back down from those types of fights. That's why he was my brother. You can't be a leader and watch people doing something wrong and not say something. What kind of leader is that? Well, it wasn't my brother. I can guarantee you that. Because Dennis believed that right was right, even if nobody was doing it. And wrong is wrong, even if everyone's doing it. See, that's a real legacy. See, we talked a lot about living for 2,000 years. I figure if Jesus can do it, me and Dennis can certainly do it. But the only way you can do that is you got to plant seeds. you got to plant a lot of seeds. And I promise you, 2,000 years from now, they're going to be talking about DW. I guarantee you, 2,000 years from now, they're going to be talking about my brother. You might not like him, but I guarantee you, you respect him because he was a man. He did it right. 
he was passionate all in every day. He wasn't just passionate about the Buckeyes. He was passionate about life. Life. Dennis lived. See, and we should all be so fortunate to live. You know, usually when there's a home going or a celebration, I'm the guy that I don't even really like to walk into those things because people get up and they say stuff and you go, that wasn't that person. This ain't that kind of show. He was all that and then some. So here's my challenge to you. You, re you really want to keep his legacy alive? Just walk his walk. See, I believe that Dennis, he transcended religion a, whole, a long time ago. He was a kingdom thinker. That's two total different things. So that's my challenge to you. Be a kingdom thinker. Treat everybody right. Don't treat them the same, but treat them right. If each of us just help one person, no one would ever need help. That's the way DW thought about it. You guys know me. You know I'm a phone call away. Like, whatever you need, I'm, I'm there. But I'm there for everybody. See, every time I'm in Chiefland, what do I say? I'm home. I've been here two decades. Every time I stand on this stage, I feel like, oh, I've been here before. Because that's the power of my brother. So remember, the legacy's real. This revolution is real. Because it's about someone who served everybody. And that's what we're here to do. At the end of the day, that's all the book wants us to do, is to serve everyone. Not just the people you like, not just the people that look like you, but everyone. D-Dub, see you on the other side. What a day. We're at the finish line. We're going to have some incredible guests from Josh and Brittany's church, Home Church, over in Gainesville. Uh, it's a song that, that we did or that was done at Robin's funeral called The Blessing. Some of you are familiar with it. When she gets to the part, and I'm sure she will, where the lyric says, He is for you. He is for you. You can sing that as many times as you want to. Because that day, when we felt like our world was rocked, I'm not just trying to take up time. I didn't know that day why I needed to hear the words, I'm for you. He's for you. Hallelujah. Come on, can we stand together and bless the name of the Lord? the end of Hebrews 13 and 5 it says he will never leave you and he will never forsake you and I remember reading that at a time where I just had so many questions and it was in the midst of so much uncertainty and so much grief 
And the Spirit of the Lord said, do you know what forsake means? And I was like, yeah, it means what it means, forsake. And he said, why don't you look up the definition of forsake? And then I want you to read that scripture again and replace the word forsake with its definition. So I did that and it read, never will I leave you, never will I abandon you, never will I quit on you, never will I desert you, never will I reject you, never will I turn my back on you in your time of need. He is for you. The Lord is for you. And his word says that because he is for you, who can be against you? Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Amen. He is worthy. You are worthy. You're fighting for us. You're fighting for us. Sing together. The Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon. Be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Come on, sing it again. The Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Come on, say amen.
children and the children His favor be upon in the thousand generations in the family and the children and the children and the children may His favor be upon in the thousand generations in the family and the children and the children children may his favor be upon you and a thousand generations and your family and your children and their children and their children may his presence go before you and behind you and beside you all around you and within you he is with you he is with you Guys, just let him let him keep playing right there, and you can remain standing. The guys in the back don't don't go to that track. Just let him. It was to be unlike any service we've ever experienced in the celebration of a life because we had a dad who was unlike anything. In closing. Carrying the legacy. I could go through every family member like dad would do and share something, but I'm going for you. Okay? 
Brittany Nicole. Your grandmother behind you is a prayer warrior. Her mother, who's gone before her, was a prayer warrior. Our mother was a prayer warrior. I don't know if you've accepted the mantle or not before, but you did before we walked in here. Because I felt the Holy Spirit say, pray before you walk in the room. And I wondered why I paused, and it's because you said, hey, can we pray? Dad would want us to pray. And I said, yeah, you can. I wasn't passing the buck. I was stepping out of the way for the mantle. Carry the legacy. Joshua. That's how he said it. Joshua. Have I not commanded you? Be strong. And very courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. I'm going to do it one more time. Joshua, be strong and very courageous because your God goes before you and he will be with you wherever you go. He is for you, not against you. The challenge also isn't just for them, it's for all of us. And it, the challenge was already met. And that is, will you love someone? Will you carry the legacy? Well, I, I, don't, I don't know how to do that. Do I carry a track? Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. You don't have to do all that. Live the example. Dad lived the example. He wasn't carrying tracks, and that's okay. Nothing wrong with that. But I just believe if Jesus was here, he's just going to do it by lifestyle. How I many of us, we ain't got time to read? Life's busy, right? But will you walk beside me when I'm in the middle of a battle? When I'm in the valley, will you get down? Or will you actually wait till I come back up and I don't have the stench of, of ugly sin and stuff? Will you actually jump in the ditch with somebody? I'm done. But this was for us to carry something out of here. We're carrying legacy. Will you carry legacy? Doesn't have to be Dennis Weber's legacy. Will you carry his legacy? The legacy to love people regardless. Adam, Jeff, Almond, thank you, gentlemen, for what you shared. If it was for nobody else, it was for our family. I love you. And so as we go, Father, I thank you for your presence in this room today. We don't want it to be held up in a room. God, we want to carry your presence back to our homes, back to our places of business, back to our office, back to our school campus. God, we want to take this presence. 
It has the power to change and sustain. Thank you for giving us a great dad. And for the rest of our lives, dad, we we will honor the legacy and live a life poured out in Jesus' name. As you leave today, in honor of dad, we have requested, and you don't have to stay and listen, hang on Sloopy, from the Ohio State Marching Band. Thank you guys for coming. We love you. Hang on, Sloopy!